Welcome into the Bad Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Carter, and I am going to do this thing alone today. I am not joined by my good friends, Brandon and Steven. That's all right. You're stuck with me, but we're going to strap in, do this thing together. I'm going to take you through the world of sports just a little bit differently. Um, but if you are new around here, uh, welcome. I'm really glad to have you on the podcast today. Um, I am Cole Carter, and if you're new, please stick around. Leave a like if you enjoyed today's episode. Leave a comment um, here on YouTube or find your way over to Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can get the dialogue going on those platforms as well. Um, if you're new as well, please, if you feel like it when you subscribe, hit that bell notification. Uh, it makes things better by clicking the bell below this video so you're always staying connected with all things Batman. Well, let's get this journey through the world of sport, sports started. I'm going to give you that informative headlines, um, everything you need to know discussing my views that may go against the grain of normal fans. Um, that bad fan journey is going to start with the headlines in the MLB, Major League Baseball, and things were kind of strange the other night in Arizona. Madison Bumgarner was just in the first inning and had ended uh, not really a controversial ending. The umpire had a moment or two where he called some strikes that may have been balls and a ball that may have been called a strike and Madison Bumgarner made himself vocal in that moment saying hey you know where was that like looking is it down is it up umpire gave some dialogue back but afterwards you know he got through it no big deal but once he got to the first baseline the first base umpire says hey we're going to check your hand for the sticky stuff the MLB has had an issue with pitchers using uh, banned substances to get more spin rate on their ball anyways umpire's checking out Madison Bumgarner's hand and the umpire is not even looking at his hand. He's checking it, looking, but he's keeping eye-to-eye -eye contact at Madison Bumgarner's face, which is very strange in the moment because his job is not to intimidate or to cause anything between him and Madison Bumgarner. He's there to check if he has anything on his hand, and he is not doing that. And Bumgarner had just a moment of maybe weakness or just was sort of weirded out. He says, yo, man, like, what's going on? And it says a choice word and immediately gets ejected. And that's just when things blew up. Madison Bumgarner is starting to throw F-bombs after F-bombs at the umpire, threatening him. And the umpire is saying, oh, but what did I do? And it's very clear if you go back and watch the video that the umpire was, I think, instigating Bumgarner here. Very, very strange situation. Um, I don't think there's been any official statement from the MLB or the umpire union regarding this situation. But if I'm a major league official, and you not just as a fan, this is a very strange incident that I do think deserves some kind of reprimanding to that umpire. It's not the umpire's job to instigate players. That's not. That's not what the game needs. The game is already on shelves sometimes with umpires. I'm looking at you, Angel Hernandez. There's been issues with you before. Um, but it wasn't him this time. And um, Bumgarner, I think, was in the right. I mean, his actions, his words maybe started the argument, but he didn't start the... Um, that instigation that the umpire did. Um, but very strange, very crazy little thing. Um, I just don't like seeing that in the game of baseball. But regardless of that, uh, Shohei Otani. This is a guy I think everyone universally agrees is the face and superstar of the league. This guy Thursday afternoon just continued to impress. Uh, this time he found himself in Boston playing the Red Sox. And Shohei not only impressed the plate with two hits, including one that was whistling off the bat at 109 miles per hour the dude in left field off the green monster hit his own number 17 off of the analog scoreboard just like dunk, knocked it it was a loud single um, but the guy also had 11 strikeouts against the red sox 
This guy is electric. And if you don't like Shohei Otani, then I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know how to fix you. But you need to get your head checked and get in the game because this guy is doing incredible things with the Angels. Uh, that Angels team is sticking out in the AL West. They're looking to get back to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Um, but it's not anything like the NL West. The NL West has every team at or above 500 for the first time in a long time. So yeah, even those Arizona Diamondbacks who have struggled for the past couple of years, the Colorado Rockies have been towards the bottom for a couple of years, maybe sneaking their way into a wild card berth every once in a while. But a league that's been dominated by the Dodgers and recently the resurging Padres after their big investments, and even those Giants that surprised the, the West last year and won the division, it's crazy out in the West. So definitely keeping our eyes peeled to what's happening in Major League Baseball and specifically in that NL West, which is getting wild. I'm telling you, keep your eyes on it. Um, but the big stories from this past week, I know we're going to get into the dog days of summer with baseball soon, and there's plenty of things like the NBA playoffs are going on right now. The NHL Stanley Cup playoffs are going on. Um, that's just too much to cover uh, because the big story was Champions League football out in Europe, beginning with Villarreal and Liverpool. Uh, Villarreal, they thought they had a chance. I mean, they were tenacious. They started out the game actually getting on the front foot, uh, scoring two goals early on, just getting a lot of confidence. And man, I honestly thought they had the chance to do it. This is a team that once they do score, like to sit back, um, engage with the pressure that is put upon them. But really, you know, Liverpool, that first half, they looked afraid and vulnerable once they did score. Uh, but then Fabinho took a chance in the 62nd minute. I mean, I, when I say took a chance, I mean, like, I don't think he really expected much of the shot. He was getting closed down on and just decides to take a shot in the keeper. And the keeper maybe just didn't expect him to do that. Maybe he's expecting a ball to get cut across the front of the goal, maybe expecting across the back post. Regardless, keeper is flat-footed, and the ball goes between his wickets through the five-hole, and Fabinho steals a goal to make it 2-1 on the day, but made it 3-2 on aggregate. And then from there, it just seemed like Liverpool crushed their hopes and were just too much to handle for Villarreal. The yellow submarine, though, on the magical run, I mean, really, no one expected them to be here. The team that they had to beat, the journey that Unai Emery took them on, showing what he was capable of as a manager. I mean, this is a team that, or stadium that has a little over 20,000 seats. Comparable to the U.S., that's like the 386th biggest stadium or something like that, which is insane. Almost half the town goes to these games when Villarreal plays. So pretty incredible for a team that's really not that big, um, getting the eyes on them. Obviously, the influx of money that just comes with going that deep in a Champions League tournament will be really, really good for them. And maybe we'll, you know, see guys that have been on loan like Gio Lo Celso from Tottenham. Maybe he'll get bought and Villarreal can stick around um, and return to the Champions League next season. Um, we'll see. But the real, real star of the show uh, after Liverpool went on to win 5-2 on aggregate in the tie uh, was Real Madrid and Manchester City. This was an absolute classic. I mean, I was watching live in 2019 when Tottenham beat Man City and then they beat Ajax on the 95th minute goal by Lucas Moore. I literally was crying. I have not cried in all during sports really. But in that moment I did. Well, this one, I think it may have topped what Lucas Moura did that hat-trick day in Amsterdam. Uh, it's an incredible, incredible night. And there was a scoreless first half. So it was a stalemate for over an hour really. Um, not a whole lot of big chances um, until, like I said, a little over an hour. Riyad Mahrez cuts in from the wing, really unmarked. A loose pass, maybe it was 
they saw who was going in that direction. Mares cuts in and just first times blasted by Courtois. And that gave a huge goal to City's advantage. At that point, it put them up 5-3 to three on aggregate. And at that point, you know, City's got this in control. They played over an hour. There's less than half an hour to play. And really, they thought that they had this thing won. They'd already subbed off De Bruyne and Kyle Walker. Um, Walker to injury. And De Bruyne just wasn't looking his best. So they were ready just to sit back, take this thing all the way through to the Champions League final. But man, uh, Grealish... He was the one that decided to try and take this one into his own hands. And really, really late, like 86, 88th minute, he has two shots. Two shots that one was saved off of the line at the last second. And the second that Courtois managed to get a finger to, which looking back on it in the moment, you're thinking, okay, you know, Courtois saved it from getting to be, you know, 6-3, whatever it could have been at that point. But Madrid proved that those moments were going to be decisive, that they had some magic up their sleeves and the 90th minute, that magic came to life. This is like better than a Disney movie. You couldn't have written this story any better. Um, so in the 90th minute, like I'm saying, with Madrid desperate for anything, just to find a way to get a goal, uh, Kareem Benzema receives a cross, and he's having to adjust high to get this ball. One time, just taps it across the face of goal and volleys it to the evasive Rodrigo, who slips past his defenders and Ederson, and just to get all the imp the all important first goal back in the tie, really just insane. So at this point, you're thinking, man, like there's two minutes left in extra time past the 90th minute. Like there's no way this can happen, right? And not even a minute later, a cross was sent into the box, flicked on by the first attacker onto the head of the following Rodrigo, who once again blasts the header past Ederson to get the all the deciding goal to get the game to extra time. Just unreal. I mean, <laughs> there were videos of fans who had left this stadium who were outside when all this was happening, watching on their phones, literally begging the groundskeepers to let them in, which, you know, we've talked about this before. You never, ever, ever leave a game early. You bought a ticket. You never leave the game early because you don't know what can happen when your team is losing or when the other team is losing. The other team's score runs your team can score runs their team scores goals your team better score goals as well so unreal to get to extra time but what happened in extra time was also crazy because man city continued their implosion because a few minutes in ruben diaz makes a regrettable tackle that really sealed man city's fate as his tackle led to a clear penalty and at that point the man of the tournament wasn't going to be slowed down and i'm talking about kareem benzema the man who has shown time and time again that he is the heart and spirit of this Real Madrid team. And he stepped up to the bury the penalty and put the game out of reach as Real Madrid hold on to dear life and they beat Man City 3-1 on the day and 6-5 on aggregate. I mean, just outstanding. Really like, you just can't beat this. You can't beat Champions League football. I've watched, I mean, many a years now, um, just so many different a crazy event you think there's no way this can get better and i think this really just tops them all this will go down in the history books this will go down in all the memories of the fans that were there that day and all those across the world that watched that this was a spectacle that's going to be remembered and certainly one that was now going to lead to an outstanding final you have a rematch of the 2018 final where real madrid beat liverpool uh, that one had the outstanding gareth bale bicycle kick that we reviewed a uh, couple months ago on an earlier episode of The Bad Fan where 
it was just, I mean, again, outstanding performance for Real Madrid. That was actually a send off for Cristiano Ronaldo before his move to Juventus. But hey, Mo Salah, he wanted Real Madrid. He wanted the chance to get revenge and to equalize. So uh, definitely going to be an incredible match to watch in Paris uh, towards the end of the May month. And um, yeah, just Champions League football. Hard to beat. Uh, down a tier to the Europa League. Frankfurt and West Ham were in their semifinal match. And the Cinderella story continued for Frankfurt. The German squad... Uh, after going and beating West Ham in West London 1-0, sorry, 2-1, uh, this time around they beat West Ham 1-0, and now they'll have a chance to play in their first final in a long time, and they'll be going up against Rangers, who outlasted RB Leipzig back at home um, to get them stifled from another European semifinal. Let's not forget in 2020 that RB Leipzig managed to sneak into the semifinal, ultimately losing to PSG in the Champions League. But a team that not so long ago was in Champions League glory. So sad to see them go out. But really, Frankfurt and Rangers, their fans have been incredible. Frankfurt, obviously, we talked about them marching into these stadiums, 30,000 strong. They put on an incredible display at home with flares and pyro uh, techniques and just incredible scenes. Once they actually won the match, they stormed the field and was just incredible to see. So... Fun, fun matchup in the final, having Frankfurt and Rangers. Um, both teams looking to get some European glory. So don't want to miss that one as well. And a touching moment in the Europa Conference League semifinal. The one we wish was the final, but wasn't. Uh, things got started in, I think, the 10th minute with Tammy Abraham on the corner, getting the header and just blasting into the back of the goal as he leads Roma uh, to the Europa Conference, Conference League final past Leicester City, where they will now have a chance to play Feyenoord. And my former manager, Jose Mourinho from Tottenham, he's obviously been everywhere. He now has the chance to win a Champions League final, a Europa League final, and also now the first one to have a chance to win the Europa Conference League final. And he was emotional. You saw it full time. He was holding back tears every chance um, he's had to win titles that he finally breaks loose and lets those tears out. So Special moment for Jose. I know I'll be rooting for him um, to see him capture glory once again. The serial winner he is totally, totally capable of. Well, aside from European Cup play, back to the Premier League where we find ourselves looking at Arsenal and Leeds. Leeds, they are in the danger zone. Um, but they're taking on Arsenal who is currently holding the fourth spot. Um, an important matchup for both teams. Arsenal cannot afford to lose points and Leeds cannot afford to lose points. Obviously, Arsenal's been the hot hand. They have the advantage over Leeds in this game. Um, Jesse Marsh is looking to salvage the season to keep them up after being out of the Premier League for about 19 years. They're going to do everything that they can to stay in the Premier League over Burnley and also over Everton, who are fighting for that last safe spot in the relegation zone. And like I said, Burnley, they are taking on Aston Villa. Villa has not been hot as of late, and Burnley has been hot. Winning, I think, for the past five games, um, especially after the sacking of Sean Dyche. Um, they're fighting tooth and nail like we said they would. They're getting important points at the best time to do so. Um, with only three games left, four games left, they have every advantage. Um, but, hey, Everton isn't going out without swinging. They're taking on Leicester City, who just lost to Jose Mourinho and Roma in the Conference League semifinal. But Burnley and Leeds are both two points above Everton. 
I'm at 34 points. But Everton does have a game in hand still. So if they can ride that wave after beating Chelsea, who looked vulnerable, Everton might actually be the one that has the advantage right now. I know we're talking about Leeds and Burnley having that you know, hot hand, but Everton right now, they're looking to maybe piece things together. Frank Lampard has the boys rocking at Goodison after beating Chelsea, and now they have a chance to show that that wasn't a fluke, that they are the higher quality team, that they have the depth to go far, and really they have the ability to do what people didn't think they could do. So my bet, if I'm a betting man, I want to say that Everton can do it. They should have the squad. They're too talented. Burnley, they sacked their manager less than a month ago, only a couple weeks ago. They shouldn't be staying up. Leeds, again, they sacked their manager. They brought in Jesse Marsh to salvage the project. I think Leeds, I don't know. It's really hard to tell, but I want to say Everton should be the one that should come out on top and be safe. Hard to tell between Leeds and Burnley who falls, but Everton, I think, should stay up. Um, At the all-important top of the table, Manchester City and Newcastle. Man City has a one-point advantage over Liverpool. Now, looking at the table, you have four teams that are all intermingled this weekend. You have Man City and Newcastle, Liverpool, and Tottenham. Those four teams have been the four hottest teams in the calendar year of 2022. Man City and Newcastle, it's going to be a huge, huge game. Newcastle's really not playing for much. Really, they're showing that, hey, after our big takeover, we don't want to be laughed at, mocked for everything that's been going on around the club. We want to prove that we're the real deal and we can take on the big boys. And Man City, maybe they have that hangover after losing in the European, sorry, the Champions League semifinal, that maybe they will get caught off guard. Maybe Newcastle can steal some points and give Liverpool the advantage. But, hey, Liverpool's got to take on Tottenham, who, like we've been talking about, been battling Arsenal. Tottenham's two points below Arsenal. Liverpool's one point below Man City. So both these teams need everything they can get at this point. Tottenham's running out of time to get that fourth spot. Um, They do still have the game against Arsenal, but Liverpool might have the advantage now over Man City. Um, They still do have to play the Champions League final. Um, But Jurgen Klopp, I think, has shown that he can organize a team well. He's been filtering them through, um, giving them time to rest, bringing the guys when they need to, getting those big wins um, on the big stage. So I think Liverpool and Tottenham is the game of the weekend. Um, I'm obviously rooting for Tottenham to do well and to get the win. But honestly, a draw here would be huge. Um, If Man City loses to Newcastle, that brings Liverpool and Man City equal on points. And that only would bring Tottenham to within one within Arsenal. So Huge, 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 huge weekend. Um, I'm hoping that you guys can tune in. Um, maybe not the deepest dive, and but hey, I'm doing this thing alone. Give me a break. Um, over the pond to the MLS world, the CONCACAF Champions League happened Wednesday night, and we really uh, penned this one as being a really close battle. Um, the first leg was, as we described, as being CONCACAF. The referees, the one stealing the light, and doing all the damage in that one. But Wednesday night was no mistake who the better team was. As Seattle becomes the first team in MLS history to win the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, 3-0. to zero, And just really showed that they were the dominant team that day. And Seattle showed out. And this was the highest attended CONCACAF Champions League game with over 69,000 fans. Really, really well done Seattle. And bringing the title home is such an impressive display. But hey, this is my opinion on the matter. Being an Atlanta United fan, we should be very, very upset about this result. Not because Seattle won, but this should be our time 
that we should be the ones lifting that Champions League trophy. And Lenny United has invested too much money. The resources have been there. There's no mistake about that. But now is the time that the club has to reflect and say, hey, what do we have to do to get ourselves into that position? Right now, you're not even in the playoff line right now in the MLS standings. You've not gotten the results that you need. You've had some injuries. You missed Joseph Martinez for a while. Arujo was out. You just got rid of Jake Mulraney. You sent him to your rival Orlando City. So you have something up your sleeve for the January, or sorry, the July transfer window. But hey, you got to look in the mirror and t- start to take agenda of, hey, what's going on? What do we need to do to get back to that glory? If it's MLS Cup, it's MLS Cup. If it's the U.S. Open Cup, it's U.S. Open Cup. But hey, Atlanta United, what are we doing? It's time to step up. It's time to start winning some games in the league. Um, there's no better time to do it than now. Start getting a hot hand. Um, find your way back up to the table. But I'm going to start to close things out to the MLS Fast Five. Um, I'm going to have to do this thing alone. I'm looking at the table, some of the best ones that we can be looking at the schedule for MLS. And Montreal are taking on Orlando. Montreal sits fourth in the standings. Orlando is third. So they're exceeding expectations, I would say. Uh, Alexander Pato has been leading the team well, uh, really playing collectively as a club. And I think that they can beat Montreal in Montreal. Montreal just came off a big win against Atlanta, as we mentioned. But um, I think Orlando maybe can get this one 2-0. Their goalkeeper has played well this season. Montreal, I think, is a vulnerable team. Atlanta shouldn't have lost to them, I believe. Um, Just really threw that one away. Anyways, 2-1. Sorry, 2-0. I'm taking Orlando. Uh, The second matchup to be keeping your eye on, Minnesota and Cincinnati. Two sixth-place teams, one in the east, one in the west. And Minnesota, uh, Cincinnati winning in the midweek. And Minnesota at home. Uh, supposed to be a fortress for them, but I really see this one being a 1-1 draw. Uh, maybe Brandon Vasquez gets on the score sheet for uh, Cincinnati. I would like to see that. And Dallas in fourth place in the West, taking on Seattle in 12th place in the West. But hey, Seattle coming off that CONCACAF Champions League final win. Maybe this is the time they can see themselves find some redemption in Major League Soccer. After putting all their focus on CONCACAF Champions League, now they can start to focus on the league, rebuild, get healthy. And I think that they won't win. They really just need to get a result here. Probably a 1-1 draw would be the best thing for them. Um, also, I mean, winning would be important, but I think a draw is just going to be great to recover. After the big final win, they can get the result just to get some points on the board. Um, in the West and in the East, the number one teams are taking on each other. I'm talking about LAFC and Philadelphia Union. Incredible, credible teams. LAFC on top in the West, Union on top in the East, and just not a big Union fan. As an Eastern team in Atlanta, I've never enjoyed taking on Philadelphia Union. They're a great squad. LAFC just has some firepower. Man, uh, at home in LA as well. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I'll take LAFC 3-2. to two. Um, Not super objective, but I think LAFC is just a fun team to watch um, at home. It'll be great to see them. Um, probably have a great home crowd. So I'll give them the advantage because they're at home. Last one to keep your eye on in the MLS Fast Five, Austin FC ATX taking on the LA Galaxy. Austin sitting in second, Galaxy in third, and Austin FC is the highest scoring team in MLS right now and haven't lost at home yet. The streak does continue. They continue to score goals, but I don't think that they win. This one will be a 3-3 draw. Chicharito getting the late equalizer. I'm just putting the pressure on him every time I feel like I talk about LA Galaxy, but Chicharito getting the equalizing goal to make it 3-3. Uh, 
Austin FC does retain the undefeatedness at home, but um, they can't sustain the pressure from Galaxy to get the win. Well, that was a different episode. Uh, short, I know. I probably zoomed through that thing. I probably talked way too fast, but honestly, uh, different, different atmosphere going at this thing alone. I'm really just trying to grind through this, but hey, I appreciate you guys listening in to the shorter episode, shorter framework, but um, a couple things to keep on your radar. We are having the gaming episode probably come out uh, next week on Thursday. We've been working on that to get to you guys, so we hope you enjoy it. And um, we're inching closer to our trip to Nashville. I'm hoping to see what we can come up with, some content um, as we make our way out there. Maybe some food reviews or maybe actual live um, on-site podcasts. We'll keep you guys tuned in for that. Well, as I said, that about wraps things up here on The Batman. Thank you for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's time together, please give a thumbs up. It's free and only takes a second of your time. And if I know you dislike it, I know it's against me because you can't dislike something Brandon or Steven said. It's on me today. Um, But subscribe if you're not already a bad fan. We're trying to get to 100 subs by the summer, which is approaching quickly. And we're not near our goal quite yet. So please, please help us get there. If you're new around here, don't be afraid to share it with a friend. Uh, We would greatly appreciate any involvement that you guys get. Uh, Find yourself in the comments down below or interacting on our Instagram post, leaving a like or retweeting on Twitter. Uh, The link tree you want is in the description as well if you need to find your places. Um, If you need to find your way to those places. Um, But yeah, thank you guys again for joining me on the podcast. It's been an honor. It's been different. Um, Hopefully this was something that was enjoyable to you, the listener. Uh, I really do hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, Cinco de Mayo was this week. We had May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Uh, Revenge of the 6th is coming. Um, But we will see you guys in the next one. And until then, I hope you have a great weekend. But peace out.